Well, good day to our listeners here at The Middle Podcast. My name is Jim Nelson, and I will be your host again for the next 15 minutes or so as we talk through the Word of God together, centered around primarily our church's previous Sunday service. This Middle Podcast is a digital ministry of Living Word Church in Oak Harbor, Washington. Thank you for tuning in and joining us this week. Pastor Drew took us through chapter 2 in the Old Testament book of Habakkuk. I was thinking about it this week some more and kind of came to the conclusion that if you ask me my favorite book in the Old Testament, it would be Habakkuk. And then I kind of followed up and challenged myself and tried to figure out, well, why is that? Why is this prophecy really appealing to me? And I think it just comes down to that gut-level frustration maybe you have too. It's centered around the human condition and how differently those words to rule and reign or to tend and to care that we get from Genesis chapters 1 and 2 that compared against the ideal of our Creator's intention for us. It's just we seem to be lacking in so many ways, and, and it's that's been true throughout history, so it's nothing new. But we'll get to more on that in just a few minutes, but for those of our listeners who are new, we are in a fall series on this podcast where we look at biblical parallels. And we said that a parallel for our purposes throughout this series will be a teaching from the New Testament that is rooted in and has relations to a Jewish scripture in the Old Testament. Now, to date, we've highlighted primarily the teachings of Jesus in those parallels, but this week we'll be in the the Apostle Paul's letter to the Romans. Now, before we get there, why is this approach important. I've given a few reasons throughout the the weeks that we've been together. I think it's a great way for us to get into our Old Testament, and that's important to our faith for sure. But more than that, these are the holy scriptures that Jesus read and he quoted and he often taught from. So by thinking about and meditating on these writings, it can only deepen our understanding of the character of Jesus, his mission on this earth, and his intention for the rest of time as we draw closer in relationship to our Savior. These parallels we've pointed out can manifest themselves in many different ways. We've highlighted that similar settings can be a parallel. We've seen that we've looked at allusions, just kind of references, vague references to the Old Testament. But it also could be uh, circumstances that make us think like, where have I heard of something like this happening before? And then parallels, of course, can be a thread that is weaved through many different stories, through repeated stories in the, in the Old Testament. Or, as an example this week, it could be a quote that pulls us back into these older texts. And so that's what we'll see today. Just one more thing before we get to Habakkuk through the letter to the Romans. Drew had an incredible Sunday sermon this past week. And if you've already listened to a great um, most likely you would agree with me that it, it came as a challenge to our modern day 2021 souls. And if you haven't yet heard this sermon, you can find it at livingwordoakharbor.com under the resources tab and you'll see sermons on there. If you only have time for one podcast episode this week, I recommend just hitting pause right now on this one and engaging in that sermon first. He asked some really, really good questions related to the text And I think we should all spend some time thinking and praying over those questions, maybe before this kind of summary that I'm going to provide. But if you are going to press on with this episode, let's get moving and look at Romans chapter 1. 
Paul starts out his letters in very similar ways. He introduces himself, then in this case offers a little background and offers another introduction, this time to the good news of Christ with reference to the Israelite scriptures. And right in that itself is a little parallel that connects what he's about to write to what many of the readers would already know, their Old Testament stories. So, following that, he offers what I would like, I like to call a bullet prayer, just like a quick shot in this letter. And it's, he just says, grace and peace to you in that prayer, but then expresses gratitude for them for their faith and the work that they are doing within the culture of Rome. So, look at verses 16 and 17. Here's where Paul pens the main theme of his letter to the Roman churches. He says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I'd say these words are fairly well known throughout our average, you know, our common Christian community. We've all probably heard a sermon or two or maybe three based on these two verses. But if you've read through Habakkuk chapter 2 in the last couple of weeks as we've been going through it, you may be able to pick up on this week's parallel. And I have to warn the listeners in the Pacific Northwest, it might hit us like a bomb cyclone. Okay, I just had to get those words into this podcast today, considering the weather pattern that we've been through over the course of the last week. A bomb cyclone is what... What does that even mean? I, you know, I could look it up and I could try to figure it out, but it actually, just the name of it, actually could be a really good descriptor as we move into what God has to say to Habakkuk and the Romans. So, starting in verse 2, Habakkuk writes this, And the Lord answered me. Remember, he had said he was going to post himself on a watchtower and just wait for the God to respond to his queries or his complaints. But he says, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. In other words, this is upcoming. What I'm going to do is coming up. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not unright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. Okay, I'm hopeful you heard the parallel. It's nearly a direct quote, not quite, but nearly a direct quote. And I'll highlight just the two verses so you can hear them together. From Romans, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. From Habakkuk, but the righteous shall live by his faith. As we've talked about with parallels, this is a clue that what we are about to read in Romans should draw depth and understanding and context from what we know about in Habakkuk. And here's where Drew's weekend sermon fits right into this parallel. I really liked what Drew said about this section of Scripture, that God is giving a divine evaluation of an evil people or a divine evaluation of a rebellious people. And I'll kind of amend that just a little bit here to connect it back to last week's podcast and say this. He is giving a divine evaluation of the rebellious nature of humans. This list included greed and unjust gain. It included self-promotion on the backs of others, oppression and slavery, 
drunkenness and gluttony and finally idol worship. I'd really encourage you to go back and watch or listen to the sermon again. As I said before, it wasn't just a list projected up behind him, but he offered some really revealing commentary on how those go about tearing apart the fabric of a community. He also challenges by asking the question, do those things that grieved God's heart in Habakkuk's time still grieve God's heart today? That one got me. That one really got, got me. And I'm hopeful that you considered that question early in this week, too. I know I did. Many times, as a matter of fact, I did. Because I don't know how we can answer that question with the negative. We can't look back at history and go, no, those things don't grieve God's heart anymore, right? We can't say that without any amount of integrity. It's hard for me to say in jest for this podcast to say it, because I know it's just not true. Of course, he still grieves for the rebellious human condition, and because he's God, when he says he's going to do something about it, he does it. And that's what comes next in Habakkuk 2. I want you to notice something in these writings. Notice each of the individual evaluations of the Chaldeans, of the Babylonians that would overthrow Israel. God begins with the word woe, W-O-E, woe. So I think it's important that we get an understanding of what woe means in the Bible. From the general sense, it means like deep grief or affliction. We could think of a story like Job. He faced horrible and unfortunate personal circumstances and declared, woe is me if I am guilty. His suffering, he's in deep grief and affliction. Another way it is used in our scriptures is to describe God's divine judgment. These, those times where he steps into the human experience and rights the wrong of what he sees humans doing to each other in his creation. Now, this actually becomes a little bit of hope in Habakkuk's complaint that he talked about in chapter 1. First, the prophet cried out about the character of his own people and asked God, when are you going to do something about this? God responds, I am doing something about it. I'm going to use the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, as an instrument of my divine judgment against Israel. And Habakkuk follows with, whoa, hold on a second. But they are, they are much more evil and oppressive people than we are. How can you do that? And this is where God inserts hope into the story of the woes. Yes, they will be instruments of God's judgment, but he will judge the rebellious and evil nature also, hence all the woes. So some comfort in this calamity. Okay, with that Old Testament version of God stepping into the human experience and providing justice in response to rebellion, And then recall that this exchange in chapter 2 started with the words, and the righteous shall live by faith. Okay, Let's jump forward to Romans, and I'll ask the question, based on what we've discussed on this idea of parallels, what would you expect to follow Paul's words when he says, and the righteous shall live by faith? Could it be that we will once again see God's response, and I'll use the description from Habakkuk to make the point, could it be that we get to once again see God's response to greed and unjust gain, God's response to self-promotion on the backs of others, God's response to oppression and slavery, God's response to drunkenness and gluttony, and God's response to a culture steeped in idol worship? Should we expect that Yes, 
That's exactly what we get in Romans, but with a little bit of a twist. And here's the twist. Oftentimes, and I think we've pointed these out each time, when Jesus uses a parallel from the Old Testament, there's a twist because when it happens in the Old Testament, it hasn't been fulfilled with Jesus's coming. Now that story is fulfilled, and oftentimes it comes with a twist. So here's the twist. The judgment in Habakkuk was predictive in nature. Exile is what God will do in time in response to ancient Israel's rebellion. He hasn't done it yet. He's, he will do it. In Romans, Paul's highlighting what has already been done in Jesus. Jesus has already bore the divine judgment of God for the rebellious nature of humankind. This parallel is no longer predictive, but now is something they can abide in or abide under. They can live under the covering of his sacrificial death on the cross. Now, I am not a perfect person. I continue to live with these pockets of rebellion and faithlessness in my day-to-day life. Perfection is not the point, and I'll highlight what Paul noted right before he began the parallel by saying, it is written. Okay, so let's look right before that. Take a look back. What's he say? For in it, and what is it? It is the good news of Jesus. So, for in his coming, in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, and in his ascension, in all of that good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. This is our encouragement today, especially if we consider Drew's question about whether God is still grieved over the rebellion described in Habakkuk. And we, and we see it not only in our nation or our community, but we see it in ourselves. It's a great reminder that my faith is not only necessary for my initial salvation, but faith is the essential element that Jesus' Spirit uses to guide me through each and every moment of the rest of my life as a follower of God. And in ways, he still is working out the rebellion in me. I'll close with Drew reminding us that when we are out of alignment with the Spirit of God, Drew says, practice the fruit of the Spirit. Practice love instead of hate. Practice joy instead of bitterness. Practice peace instead of upheaval. Practice patience instead of resistance. Practice kindness instead of animosity. Practice goodness instead of selfishness. Practice faithfulness instead of disloyalty. Practice gentleness instead of hostility. And practice self-control instead of being impulsive. I think that's such a great recommendation. We consider ourselves when we get in those situations where we maybe feel a bit of bitterness. What can we do to practice joy in that? Or faithfulness instead of being disloyal to somebody. I think it's a great response and I'm hopeful it encourages you as you walk in the Spirit this week. So God bless you and we'll see you again next week on our next episode.